Hi, I'm Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. Saturday afternoon to you. This is Victory Over Sin, and my name is Mark Rennick. I hope you're having a good weekend and a great Saturday. Love this cooler weather. I think fall is here for us. This part of the show, what we attempt to do is to tell you what Victory Over Sin is and who we're funded by. Victory Over Sin is funded by Systemic Change of Idaho. And Systemic Change of Idaho is an advocacy organization, advocacy arm, if you will, of St. Vincent de Paul of Southwest, of the Council for Southwest Idaho. And what we do for them is to define and to educate what it's like to be incarcerated for those people who have not been incarcerated who live here in Idaho. And we do that several different ways. One is to do this radio show. We've been doing it for almost two years now. If you go back to the archives of KBXL, you can see the old shows. If you go to systemicchangeofidaho.com, you can see all the old shows. We've had some really exciting people in the past, movers and shakers within the Department of Corrections, as well as people who reach out and love people who are returning citizens and support them. It's a real eclectic group of people. Go back and take a look at it. You'll see people who are there to help us. In addition to that, we've put together a very powerful PowerPoint that we share with churches, with service groups, with community groups, with pretty much anybody that would like to see it. It's a PowerPoint that lasts about 20 minutes, and it's delivered by people who are returning citizens themselves. So when they de- when they give that information out, it's a interesting PowerPoint. It's powerful. You can see their back kind of straighten up, and they talk about how they've been incarcerated and how those th- the issues that we address in that PowerPoint affect them. It's interesting. At the end of the show, I'm going to let you know how to contact me if you need any or information about anything in today's show, et cetera, et cetera. I would be happy to do that for you. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we also uh, work very closely kind of with a group on a nationwide basis called Just Leadership USA. In fact, as you're listening to this program, this was taped earlier in the week, uh, I am a fellow with Just Leadership USA for 2018, and I am completing the year-long training for them. And what that group does is to educate people who have been incarcerated to become better leaders. Uh, if you are interested, go to Just Leadership USA and kind of take a look around at that, that website. It is an exciting uh, organization for those of us who have been incarcerated. Just Leadership USA is looking to become much like the AARP is for senior citizens. Just Leadership is looking to be that advocate for those of you who have been incarcerated. So take a look at that if you would like to. We've got some exciting things coming up in the future. This is going to be a great fall for the state of Idaho. As many of you know, uh, Sherry Buckner-Webb, Senator Sherry Buckner-Webb, will reintroduce legislation for Ban the Box. We're going to be an active player in that dialogue and that communication. Uh, Our good friend Henry Atencio, who's the director of the Department of Corrections, has indicated that he would like to build a half a billion dollar prison. And so that money will have to be allocated and will need to go forward into the future of 2019. We hope to be a part of that dialogue. Legislators are going to be doing some interesting things this summer. And so we look forward to uh, that effort to um, impact that in a way that 
voices the concerns and the issues that affect those of us who have been incarcerated. So it looks to be a great, great uh, fall for all of us who have been incarcerated. If you have ever hesitated to, um, or if you've ever had an indication in your heart that you want to get involved with this, this might be the time. Again, at the end of the show, I'll let you know. We're looking for people who have been incarcerated who want to actively become a part of this community and want to come out and help us. We're looking for volunteers in all aspects of everything we do. So reach out and get in touch with us, and we'll go from there. I'm excited about my guest. We've got an old friend coming back doing some new stuff, and we'll get to talk to him in just a second. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and coffee shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861. That's area code 208-629-8861. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, we pay for that call. Hey, happy to have in the studio today, Michael Armand. Welcome. Thank you. We're going to call you a peer support professional. Welcome to the studio today. Thank you for coming in. I'm glad you invited me, Mark. I appreciate being here. Good. Uh, those of you, I know, we'll get to how I know Michael from uh, in a minute, but let's talk about you're not a native Idahoan. Where were you born, sir? I'm originally from Chicago. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a, it's a wonderful place to visit. Uh, living there was just a little too hectic. God, it is just, man, there's far too many people in that town. It, it's quite a few. <laughs> just, oh, man, I'll tell you, I go back to some of these cities and it's just, Chicago's one of those. It's just, it scares me sometimes. You know, you'll rent a car and you'll drive around and you think, man, I, how am I going to get out of this place? Exactly. How am I going to get out of that airport? Right. You know? <laughs> so how did you end up in Idaho? You know, um, I was kind of in between things. This was back in 2007. Uh, and a friend of mine, um, she was taking care of both her parents. Uh, her father was uh, uh, quite ill, uh, and then she got sick. So uh, because I was in between things at the time, I suggested I come out and help her uh, take care of her father. Uh, and when I got here, um, I said, wow, this would be a great place to live, yeah. and decided to stay. You know, I, I, I do, I'm doing more traveling in the last couple of years. And as I go places, people kind of pick on me to say, well, what do you mean you're from Idaho, potatoes or something like that? Yeah. Or they get it mixed up with Iowa. And um, I said, just don't come out here, man, because there's already 1.7 million people here, <laughs> and we don't need any more. Just yeah. stay away. Don't yeah. come. Don't come. It's the best kept secret. It I think, really in the is. It really is. And we got to be quiet about that. You and I have to be quiet. Absolutely. So you did what I did. I came up from California and found out, hey, this ain't that bad. Uh-huh. I ran across you in a training when I was becoming a... Uh, recovery coach, and that you were with the Department of Health and Welfare, right? At the time, yeah. yeah, Tell me about how that happened for you. Well, uh, I was uh, uh, needing assistance, actually, uh, uh, from the Department of Health and Welfare. Uh, And during that time, um, I got introduced to a certified peer specialist. And while that certified peer specialist was providing me services, he mentioned that uh, the class that he attended uh, might be coming up available. 
Um, and I took that uh, class uh, after you know things had gotten better for me in my life, uh, and uh, it turned out to be the best thing uh, that happened to me in my life, actually. Uh, I took the training. I realized that uh, as a peer, uh, person with a mental health diagnosis, uh, I could recover. Uh, I learned that in that training, and my life began to turn around. Uh, I have a diagnosis of depression, anxiety uh, disorder, and uh, for a long time, I didn't realize that I could recover from that. Uh, as I started to recover, uh, I got a job as a certified peer specialist um, with Terry Riley here in Boise. And uh, about 30 days after getting that job, um, I got noticed that I couldn't keep the job because I couldn't pass the criminal background check. Uh, folks found out about that. Uh, there was a um, public meeting with the Department of Health and Welfare, uh, and I attended that. I was asked to attend that meeting uh, because there was other people that had similar situations, and it became an issue. I spoke at that meeting, and I guess uh, some of the powers that be uh, heard what I had to say. Uh, they liked what I had to say, and uh, several months later, they offered me a position uh, with the Department of Health and Welfare. And it was all centered around peer support. Uh, at that time, uh, peer support was pretty new. It was back in, I believe, 2013. And uh, while they were doing certified peer specialist trainings, uh, what was new was recovery coach training. Right. Uh, same peer support style, uh, but the difference was it was specifically for folks with substance use issues. What I love, what I love about both those is, if you're listening to our voice today, is the fact that you're right. Somebody like myself who has a criminal background can actually, for a limited amount, and I say a limited amount, I think it was two and a half weeks worth of training or something along those lines, through the Department of uh, Health and Welfare, can actually get credentialed and then go get that credential through the state. And that, if you have a felony background, you are tremendously restricted in many of the things that you do. But one of those things, it was kind of like a breaking of the glass ceiling with you kind of taking that direction and getting that uh, that employment and then it actually ended up teaching it. You did it on a statewide basis. You went all over the state teaching that, didn't you? Yeah, I actually, um, the recovery coach classes, I, I held with the Department of Health and Welfare, I held about 30 of them over a mm -hmm. four-year period of time right. um, and trained roughly 500 folks throughout the state. Mm -hmm. uh, those folks that get trained, uh, like you mentioned, uh, they have an opportunity to seek a waiver uh, when it comes to that criminal background check, there's criteria, stipulations, and requirements. Uh, but it, like you said, it creates more opportunity. It really does. And so I think a lot of times what those of us who have been incarcerated uh, need and looking for, we're looking for hope and direction. We have trouble with housing. We have trouble with you know, employment, et cetera. We have trouble with trying to piece our lives together. But if it's something that you can look forward to and say, look, hey, I really can give back. And this is a way to do it. I think this is, like I said, we broke a glass ceiling with this. And we look forward to uh, working along the same lines to do many, many more things along this. Because I think what we found, at least me and myself as a recovery coach, is that we become very credible with the client because we've kind of been in those situations. We're not offering therapy. We're offering a pathway to help them succeed uh, coming from where they've been to uh, back to fruition, almost like what's the, you know, Maslow's hierarchy, a kind of stuff that you used to teach all the time. Absolutely. And all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, I love that stuff. So. I, I think the thing that's really impactful is the whole uh, one peer supporting another peer, uh, how that can have such an overwhelming impact in a person's life. Yeah, I think on next on my notes too, we've got, you and I have actually, over the couple of years, we have met some absolute characters in terms of 
developing this and uh, we were just chatting before we started taping today that one person who's now moved to Wisconsin to comment on on the vast variety of personalities that come into this and how they stick and whether they don't stick do you have a grasp on that well uh, the first thing that comes to mind is a lot of things that we did within the community with peer support and we did them as committees we did them as groups and, and, and initiatives um, but getting those characters together um, I know when I first started working in this behavioral health field as a peer support my skill set wasn't all that great or where it needed to be as far as being professional as far as uh, showing up uh, to places where I needed to be on time or, or just being able to do the job right. uh, and, and, and that learning process can get very interesting uh, from time to time. And some people stick and some don't, uh, but it's always a learning experience. And, you know, I like, and again, we're talking to you on a Christian radio station, so I like the fact that if you'd have told me seven years ago when I got out of prison that I'd be sitting and having my own radio show and talking about this, I'd have told you you were crazy. Yeah. Uh, but if you walk towards the thing that you're most fearful of in life and you just attempt it, it's never as hard as you you uh, anticipate. And so I think that's what those guys were doing, and that's what I was doing. I know when I was going forward to uh, pursue the recovery coaching and so that should be hope for people who are driving around listening to our voice today uh, you can do this and you can engage back in and you can be these productive people that in your heart you know you can so that's the, the interesting thing when you mention that Mark is the things that we've done in the last five years in the world of peer support um, recovery community organization recovery community centers um, peer support connections conferences all across the state. These were all done by folks uh, in need of recovery or in recovery or going through the process of recovery. Mm-hmm. And I think so. That leads us to where we met uh, a couple of weeks ago because we'd been out of touch. Uh, but you've got some interesting kind of concepts too for And again, I think this shows as you go forward, ideas come from the bottom up in terms of how things are going to be able to work to support those of us who are coming out of incarceration. So you've got a new project that we've been kicking around, so mm-hmm. let's start talking about it. Tell, it was your concept from the start, right? And tell me how it started with uh, Trevor and Vineyard. So uh, <coughs> the Vineyard Boise uh, Christian Fellowship Church uh, is uh, uh, hosting a grace project is what it's called grace encounters um and we've been given marching orders to try to impact uh, our community uh around the term grace uh so my idea well i don't know quite sure if it's my idea because i did ask the lord to guide me uh to inspire me uh, to allow me to be creative and, and what i came up with was the bar none release party mm-hmm. the bar none release party is centered around no more bars uh, no more bars physically, no more bars mentally. I like that idea, <laughs> man. Okay, that's catchy. And most importantly, no more bars spiritually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a party. Um, uh, it's all about uh, celebrating uh, folks who have come out of prison, incarceration, uh, during the year of 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like It's like any other party, uh, like birthday party, retirement party, anniversary party. Uh, you know, oftentimes, if a person is part of a criminal element or they get, and they get released from prison, their cohorts, they throw them a party. Right. Um, family, when they get released, they throw them a party. Right. Well, this is the church, the body of Christ, having a party for those returning home 
and it's going to be in the spirit of uh, the prodigal son returns. So where do, where would we potentially have this, and where are we going to? Is so this going to be once a month, once a year, or once every couple months, or what would you like to kick it around? It's it's, it's still in its its infancy stages. Okay. Uh, we are looking at uh, having uh, uh, at least the first one uh, late October, okay. uh, maybe the last week of October. Uh, we did uh, get our location secured. It will be at the uh, Vineyard Boise uh, in Garden City. Did you pick? A, did we pick a date? Uh, not quite yet, okay, okay, uh, so. but it's the last week of uh, October. Uh, also, uh, just to give you a little idea of what's going to be involved in this party, uh, it's going to be food and fun, uh, motivational speakers and okay. fun, and then gifts. And fun. And fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got people listening to us or driving around. I think, hey, that's a great idea. Uh, I, who do I need to contact me? I need people who work in the field. Uh, I need organizations who work in the field. And so I'm going to, let's do it for, from the standpoint of here. Let's reach out at the end of the show. I'll tell you how to reach out and get in contact with me, and then I will link them up to you. Yeah, it sounds okay. good. Sounds okay. good. We're looking for volunteers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also looking for folks who might want to donate or support uh, uh, this initiative or this party. Um, uh, we want folks that are uh, positive, uh, professional. If you have a heart or desire to come and share, uh, at, with folks at this party, uh, you know, contact Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll he'll put me in contact with you, uh, and we try to put you on the uh, on, on the party list. Because I think what's important, obviously, the stuff that that we work with in terms of systemic change and with my nonprofit, um, uh, IMSI Hope Community Phase Two, we're trying to always provide different resources for somebody that's coming out of incarceration. Mm-hmm. And the key to all that is to find a positive community for you to interact with. We always contend that if you get out of incarceration and you're sitting on the stoop at Jackson's and the old guys come by and pick you up, you're not going in a good spot. But if you're sitting on the stoop at Jackson's and some of us come by and say, hey, we're having a party for people who are out of incarceration, let's go to that, then that's really going to help you. And I think it blends across all the different groups who traditionally support people who are out of incarceration, especially if they have addiction issues. So any kind of 12-step group, any kind of... uh, I'm thinking of uh, the Phoenix, Boise. I think we can get involved with that kind of stuff. They love that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And any of those kind of different uh, organizations or transitional living homes, those are the ways to start thinking about this. A good way for free barbecue and oh, interaction, yeah. right? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So anything specific other than we're looking for a few churches probably too to help with uh, the vineyard to kind of step up and be this? Because you'd like to see this as an ongoing thing, wouldn't you? It, it it could potentially turn into that. Uh, right now, I'm just <laughs> I'm focusing on this one, one particular one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If 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 it turns out that God wants it to go in that direction, you know, I'll, I'll follow. Okay, well, we're gonna have to work on that. You have to get you an IT person to get a Facebook kind of page going and all this kind of dot com stuff. Wait till you get into all this. <laughs> Let me tell you, I have to have an IT guy to help me do almost everything I do. Okay. Uh, where else? What's the future going for you in your life now in terms of as this is going? I mean, I'm sure this is occupying a lot of the time you're working, but where is Michael going long term? Uh, right now, I'm working on a few writing projects. Um, I, I had the pleasure and the honor uh, to write um, the uh, Recovery Idaho's Recovery Coach uh, training. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, when I realized that, hey, I can do that. Uh, I decided to continue some of that. Uh, so I was working. On, I'm working on some writing projects. Uh, probably in the next several months, I'll reach out back to you and let you know what's going on and where we at with that. Well, and I think too. That's again, uh, the whole show is about 
somebody who's out there who's listening to us, they need that hope. You're listening to me in the desert. You need to be able to say, hey, look, man, look at the goofball, that gray-haired dude's on the radio, he's talking to us, and he was just sitting down the tear for me a while. That's where you can be, and that's what you can do as you get out. Do not lose hope. Uh, I will not uh, lie to you. Difficulty, it's difficult to live on parole in the state of Idaho, and you will have challenges. But if you involve community and you take the right steps and you get involved with a, a church group and start sharing in those ventures, life's going to be much, much, much easier for you as you go forward. So that's what certainly the theme of everything that we do is. Uh, so get involved. What else is going on exciting for you before we close, sir? Uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I'm enjoying this great fall weather. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, uh, just making it, you know, one day at a time. Well, you know, I, and again, I want to appreciate uh, the fact that uh, you and I got together and We've been we've worked together at one point in time the same agency yeah, didn't we yeah, didn't. yeah and so we worked together and I trained together and yet people go in different sorts of directions and uh, it comes back to the goofy people that uh, we've been involved with some of them go back into the system some of them move away uh, but there's a consistency in people who stay around and those are the people hey I'm those are the people I'm looking for and you're the ones that should be kind of involved with things that are going on for us I can tell you now as a as a billing now for things that are coming up for us. I've got an event on the 27th that I'm looking for people who have been incarcerated and who feel like they really want to impact the change. You really need to reach out to me because I've got a very powerful speaker coming on the 27th of this month at 6.30, and I need to invite you. He's a, a gentleman, a friend of mine. His name is Ronald Simpson Bay, and he's from that organization, Just Leadership USA, and he's going to come talk to just specifically a few people who have been incarcerated and share what it's like to get involved in the system and feel the energy of actually changing things around. So if you're interested in that, also get back in touch with me. Uh, Michael, thank you very much for coming with me and sharing today. I think we're on to something, don't you think? Uh, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, you're more than welcome. I'm glad to be here. And I do believe we're on to something. Oh, man, yes. It's going to be fun. <laughs> this stuff is fun. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you. And I believe it's so. Thank Michael for coming in today. As you can tell, it's interesting to see in terms of the seven years I've been out how we watch people kind of go in and out of stuff, and it's good to see Michael back in the game, helping those of us who need that support. Uh, if you need to reach out to me and talk to Michael or get in touch with me about anything we talked about this show, I am easy to reach. You can reach out and contact me at www.systemicchangeofid.com. You can send me an email at systemicchangeofidaho at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Systemic Change of ID. We're on Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. You can even call me on the phone at area code 208-477-1006. We look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.